0: Be kind to yourself and remember your mind's a powerful thing. Imagine positive things, not negative ones. She jumped in and took a very negative experience in the form of her friend becoming very, very sick three years ago, launched us, Paul, launched her own company in 2016, Trials.ai, to speed up the, end of the clinical approval process, which can take a long, long, long time. Uh, she's now got a team of eight. They've raised $750,000, about four customers, doing twenty five dollars per month in revenue, three hundred dollars per year. Too early to talk about unit economics, but they're currently raising another $2.5 million on hopefully a $10 million Pre money valuation to continue scaling the company. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello everyone, my guest this morning is Kim Walpole. She started her third company, Trials AI, after her best friend was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given five months to live. What began as a passion project has turned into a mission-driven venture-backed startup that is turning the clinical trials ecosystem on its head kim are you ready to take us to the top i am all right so first off anytime someone hears like clinical trials or anything med tech or related right now they just think theranos right theranos right so walk me through like what you guys do and is there a technical technical component or is it a system that you put together how does it work
1: yeah so good question we are using artificial intelligence to fix what we believe are the two root causes of failure in clinical trials so in simple speak we're making it really easy for researchers to run clinical trials faster, cheaper, and easier.
0: Okay, and and give me a little bit more detail on how you're doing that.
1: Sure. So we are, you know, we started by training our algorithms on historic data um, from trials that were both successful as well as not successful medical journals, basically anything we could get our hands on, um, and that allows us to help with the study design or to speak to the study design, so that we can give trial sponsors feedback. Uh, on threats and opportunities. And then once they sign off on that, we feed it into our workflow system that basically acts like a GPS navigating all of the stakeholders through the trial based on their role.
0: Kim, when was your best friend diagnosed with terminal cancer?
1: About three years ago.
0: Okay. And was your system able to save her or is this something afterwards when she passed, it just motivated you to jump in full steam on?
1: Yeah, unfortunately. So it was a a guy, Paul. Um, you know, best friend for over twenty years, and um, he went to the doctor with a stomach ache, came out with five months to live, and you know, I had been working with Tier One pharmaceutical companies for over twelve years. So essentially, he was like, "Look, you know, folks in the space, is there a clinical trial that I can get uh, that you can get me in?" Um, and unfortunately, you know, I reached out to friends at Columbia, Dana Farber, you know, all of these really great research. Uh, organizations. And turns out there were only two, um, you know, potential therapies that might have helped him. But by the time that, you know, they would get trial ready, he was, um, he had died. And so yeah. it was one of those like life-changing, altering, where before it had been somebody should probably fix problems in clinical trials. It was suddenly like, there's a fire in me to do that and to make sure that it happens sooner than not
0: someone who uses you versus doesn't use you in a clinical trial? What's the time savings?
1: Yeah. So it depends. There are a couple of different uh, moving parts here on the study design side. You know, it takes anywhere from nine to 12 months to do that. We're cutting that down to weeks and eventually days. Uh, And then as you're running the clinical trial, because we are able to, uh, you know, collect data properly, work on helping actually drive the process instead of you know, being a system that reacts to it, uh, you know, the end result, as far as we know it, um, you know, can be months cut off mm-hmm. of
0: a, an actual trial. That's great. And, and walk me through the business side now. How do you make money?
1: <laughs> so we're a SaaS-based, uh, we have a SaaS-based trial model. Uh, we charge uh, per user, per month, per trial. Um, and a user can be anyone that interacts with the system at any level.
0: Okay. And who are you selling directly to? Is it like the hospital, the the person that's sick? Who is it?
1: Yeah. Good question. So we're selling directly to the folks that are trying to get the treatments out. So those are trial sponsors, Johnson and Johnson, kinds of companies, device companies, uh, all of those different folks.
0: Okay. Trial sponsors. Got it. And you'll just sell them packages based off how many patients, how many users, how many trials, things like that.
1: So we actually sell on a uh, per trial basis, but then we do bundles of trials as well.
0: I see. I see. Okay. And give me a sense of like what one of these, like your average customer, what are they paying you per month?
1: Yeah. So on the way that clinical trials run is in order to get a treatment to market, it takes anywhere from nine to 15 years. uh, And there are, there's a course of trials that have to take place. So at least three trials before you get your treatment to market. Uh, And so for us, an average trial, maybe a phase two trial of 350 uh, users, would generate about 200k on average annually.
0: Yeah, okay, and so you're selling on average kind of 200,000 annual contracts. Yep, that's a good. That's, that's a really helpful understanding for people that are not in the medical profession. Good. So uh, that yeah, gives us a good sense there. And then uh, again, give me the backstory here. So friend diagnosed about five years ago. He, he sadly passed. When did you officially start the company?
1: Yeah. So it was interesting. In tandem of trying to get Paul into a clinical trial, you know, this idea started to kind of mull uh, in my head and, you know, was talking with a couple of folks about, okay, can we use technology to, uh, you know, really affect a very manual um, process? Like currently people are using paper, binders, Excel spreadsheets, you know, it's it's a really, really um, manual process. And so um, it would be, gosh, probably a couple of months that we actually started working on it because we had already been, you know, while we were going through this with Paul, kind of figuring out some things. So, and then so it was were, 2013
0: then, about five years ago.
1: Uh, no, it was three years ago that Paul uh, got, got died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. So we started the company, you know, in 2016. Officially? Officially.
0: Okay, and I think you've decided to to raise capital to push this thing forward. How much have you raised today, and why did you decide to raise?
1: Sure. So we uh, bootstrapped as far as we could go. Um, we were really fortunate because our first customers, um, you know, while we had an MVP, were willing to pay something so that we could continue to build uh, the technology. Um, and from there, we, um, you know, have kind of. Pulled together, um, this process. And, and, you know, we started with actual paying customers to start. Uh, and then we got to the point where we decided, okay, we're going to need to raise capital so that we can continue to scale, uh, the company add additional people on. Um, and we raised 750,000 back in the end of December. And now we're doing a $2.5 million raise as we speak. Correct.
0: And and give me a general sense of what the market's like today. Is it, you feel like it's easy to raise, it's going well, it's more difficult? That's a
1: good question. I think, you know, this is an interesting space to be in right now. Clinical trials is a really hot conversation. And so a couple of years ago, when we initially uh, started thinking about raising, there was definitely this sense of, you know, AI in clinical trials, like clinical trials isn't hot as it is. Yeah. And now you're trying to apply AI, you know, we're not sure about that. Um, and so it was really interesting for us um, going through that process and going, okay, maybe we'll wait until, you know, the um, there's a better climate. And I think right now really is, we've got a lot of interest uh, from investors. Right now we're really just uh, looking to lock in our lead, um, but in terms of just, all around interest. We've got emails coming in, calls, let's talk. So pretty exciting. Um, that's
0: great, Kim. That's yeah. really great. Congratulations. And to walk me through a little bit more of the numbers there. So I mean, what, what valuation would you love to raise at?
1: Uh, we're the conversations we're having is at a 10 million pre.
0: Okay. That's that's good. And, and do you mind sharing kind of what revenue is today so we can get a sense of what multiple you're negotiating for?
1: So what our revenue is, you know, currently um, we're at about 25K um, MRR.
0: That's great. So 20, 25 grand a month. And where were you exactly a year ago in July of 2017?
1: Uh, oh, gosh. Um, we weren't, we didn't even have, we were pre revenue at that time. Um, you know, we had some folks that, like I said, had given us some money that they were putting towards it, but it wasn't. it. It definitely what we weren't counting it. as.
0: Yep. Yeah. So you're about 300 grand right now, you know, annually, and you want 10 million pre, so that's like a 33x kind of multiple. I mean, it, power to you in terms of negotiation power to get that. Are there, do you see any risks to raising at a multiple that high for you, the owner?
1: Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think, again, coming back to where we are in the space, the way that the space is uh, moving so quickly, and people are really excited about um, this particular approach. Now, when we talk about our pipeline, so there's there's a conversation around, okay, what are we generating right now? But then what, if you look at our sales pipeline, we've got seven trials from one customer that is coming up, another five trials. So, you know, this process is a little longer. And when we're talking with investors, they're actually looking at our sales pipeline.
0: That's great. And right now, what are you working with one or two customers?
1: We actually have uh, two trials that are completed. We're working with four customers. We've got uh, five studies total. And like I said, we've got seven coming up. We're rolling one out right now
0: okay now if you have four coming right now paying that price you articulated earlier of 200 grand per year that puts your revenue way higher than 25 grand a month so is it fair to say you maybe have early folks where you maybe did a bit of a discount to get them in
1: absolutely yeah okay
0: but new what you're saying is new ones coming in you're kind of at that 200 level
1: yeah over the last two months um you know we've closed about two hundred fifty thousand uh in new bookings
0: that's great what's team size today
1: We are at eight full-time, and then we've got uh, four part-time and a couple of interns.
0: That's great. And where's everybody based?
1: Uh, San Diego. Uh, Well, we've got a couple out in San Francisco as well.
0: (coughs) Okay, good. So, California. Yes. That's great. And um, walk me through some other uh, kind of youth economics these customers. Do you measure churn yet? And if so, how do you think about it?
1: No, actually, right now, you know, This is kind of a a very sticky um, technology because when we're talking about clinical trials, like I said, you've got a treatment to market that's going to take anywhere from 9 to 15 years. And so um, what we're finding is, you know, we've got one customer that came to us. They ran their first trial. They liked it so much. We saved them three hours um, on admin tasks per day per person and then decreased their data errors by 20%. Uh, so they started a second trial with us or getting ready for their third.
0: So have you um, lost anyone that has paid you something or does everyone keep paying more?
1: No, we haven't lost anyone yet.
0: Okay. So you got, that's great. So so maybe you're too cheap.
1: <laughs> we could be. We yeah. are definitely having those discussions.
0: Yeah. Now, another question here, what are you paying to acquire these customers? I imagine it's a long sales cycle, a lot of flights, traveling, explanations, presentations.
1: Yeah. Um, we haven't I mean we're of course working on that right now, but I, I wouldn't I, I can't really give that kind of information. We don't have enough data.
0: It's too early for that. It's too early mm-hmm. for lifetime value, too early for lifetime value in dollars and all that. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Well, Kim, this is good stuff. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Oh, um uh, I can't. I, I literally just seven o'clock in the morning.
0: What's the last one you read? Do you remember?
1: Um, I think we No, I'm always digging into, you know, Brad Feld's books and things like that. But, um,
0: I good, is there a CEO you're currently following or studying? Nope. Okay. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business?
1: Favorite online tool for building the bit we're using, um, Asana has been a really good tool for us as a company.
0: Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night?
1: About three to four.
0: Uh, what's Kim, come on, you're in a medical profession you're 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 dying if you're only getting that much sleep.
1: I literally i I must be one of those people that's built to not need a ton of sleep because it's true. I get about
0: really three three and a half hours of sleep each night on uh, and that's like you never cheat and sleep for like twelve hours straight to catch up or.
1: Uh, to be honest, we actually laugh about this all the time because I say every night, nobody wake me up in the morning. Let me sleep. And every morning, you know, I'm up. I go to bed probably around you know twelve thirty one. Get up about four thirty five.
0: It's amazing. Okay, what's your situation? Married, single, kids?
1: Married, kids. Yes. How many? Three.
0: Woo. Okay. And uh, how old? Do you mind asking how old you are?
1: <laughs> of course, I do. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. All right, I ask because the last question is take me back to your 20 year old self. What do you wish that she knew?
1: Mm, I wish that she knew uh, to be kinder to herself. I think there are a lot of, um, you know, women that are out there in the industry and we're really hard on ourselves. The other thing that I, you know, is kind of a mantra that I live by is, you know, worry is imagination abuse. And Mm -hmm. so whenever I get to worrying, I think, okay, let me put that to better use. Um, Rather than imagining all of the things that could go wrong, let me imagine the things that could go right.
0: Guys, be kind to yourself and remember your mind's a powerful thing. Imagine positive things, not negative ones. She jumped in and took a very negative experience in the form of her friend becoming very, very sick three years ago, launched us, Paul launched her own company in 2016, trials.ai to speed up the clinical approval process, which can take a long, long, long time. Uh, She's now got a team of eight. They raised $750,000, about, four customers doing 25 grand per month in revenue, 300 per year. Too early to talk about unit economics, but they're currently raising another 2.5 million bucks on hopefully a $10 million pre-money valuation to continue scaling the company. Kim, thank you so much for taking us to the top.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.